1: So it's come to this. Ah, we're back.
0: I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a podcast. Yeah, and we, man, we're going to a big classic. Yeah, we're going this a big blockbuster cool. route. One of the most probably biggest horror successes of uh, the twenty year period. Uh, it was in the two thousand.
1: It was. It was probably uh, a big. It was a big movie because it had Steven Spielberg behind uh-huh. it. It had. Toby Hooper, probably one of Toby's biggest movies of his sure. career, um, just as far as yeah, budget and scale of everything. Yeah, uh, well liked. Had a remake a couple years ago that I never saw. Spawned a lot of sequels. Spawned a, yeah,
0: has a whole trilogy. The sequels, right? which I do genuinely like, especially two. Poltergeist two is really good. Three is fun. Takes the setting to a New York high rise, different vibe. I like that part and, of that. Yeah, and I'll say I liked the uh, the remake. I don't think I saw the remake. I thought the remake was didn't pretty catch good. catch it. I caught it on TV. I didn't see it in the theater. Uh-huh. But it was one of those, I knew it was kind of uh, uh, maligned. And I came away like, that's actually pretty good. Right. And it stuck to the same PG-13 vibe, which I think is a strength. I like, uh, I'm in this weird paradox of liking R-rated horror movies just because it means more possibilities are opened mm-hmm. of what you can see and... <laughs> can't unsee right pg-13 has that ceiling but i also appreciate when a good some good scares happen within a pg-13 environment feels like a harder get Mm -hmm. and so i like that they go for it right you got to be a little more creative Mm -hmm. you can't just
1: watch the you know saw go into the bone yeah exactly you You can't just go super gross out you got to give our imagination something to work with
0: yeah and so i like that attempt and poltergeist this was my first time seeing it in the theater i think and i gotta say though there was a lot of poltergeist that didn't hit with me <laughs> at this point you know
1: poltergeist takes a lot of swings yeah and it uh but it, it's it what bats a weird, about 350 what a weird movie yeah
0: which is good for a baseball player less good
1: that's good for a, a, a two-hour movie yeah um yeah, it's uh, it's it's also one of those movies that has kind of a history outside of the movie itself.
0: There's sure, a,
1: there's controversy about Stephen King or Stephen King, Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper, and maybe yeah. how much was Spielberg on set and uh, Joe Bob uh, in a, a thing recently put that pretty much to bed, saying that it's it's Hooper's movie. Oh, really? Spielberg wrote it and direct and you know executive produced it, all that stuff. It's his story, but. Hooper had the call as as far as the director. So
0: I would have to say, I had watched this movie previously with with, uh, that prior controversy in mind. That Uh part of this was Spielberg's and part of it was Hooper's. And I came away thinking, if the parts that I think are Spielberg's are actually Spielberg's, those are the things I don't like about this movie. Right. Because if that's not true, well, then I'm reading way too far into things. If it's true, it feels like there's too many moments where they're trying to recreate Jaws and not doing it well. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, why are we still talking about this? Or uh, Close Encounters,
1: that, that the kind of Very awe same, wonder. Exactly. It's, it's the Spielberg shot. It's the famous watching people watch something mm-hmm. in awe. Um, So, all the
0: Spielberg tones are the things that I... It happens a lot. ...wasn't as into Uh in the movie. Uh, Yeah, it felt like it was falsely trying to create that same awe that we saw in Close Encounters. Which is a wonderful movie. And that same calm before the storm that we captured so perfectly in Jaws. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was doing those Spielberg things, but I didn't like them (laughs) the way they did them. So... Uh, To start, we saw this big cult double feature of Poltergeist and The Others, Mm -hmm. more of a modern ghost story. Poltergeist was the big ghost story. That was like the first big 80s effects ghost story. You know, this was the next generation of haunted house film. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we got a lot of haunted house films uh, in, you know, the beginning of cinema up through the 60s. Mm -hmm. And they were always presented more as very classic affairs, you know. Even the William Castle ones had more, like, fun prop gags. Mm -hmm. And this is the first one that was, like, real full-on 80s CGI ghost movie. A lot of effects in this one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cutting-edge kind of stuff for its time. Totally. I uh, think it got like a bunch of effects uh, Oscar nominations or wins. Oh, yeah. Like it was one of those felt like that big industrial light and magic Mm -hmm. kind of guys all involved in this. So it was this huge, uh, big budget for a horror movie. I think it still had a 10 plus million dollar budget, which is for the early 80s horror. That's big. And it ended up being just a huge blockbuster. One of those big cross-cultural horror movies like the exorcist Mm -hmm. the people that don't watch horror movies are seeing this and this was the one i heard about when i was a kid just because i had a bunch of older cousins that had seen it just because a lot of kids saw this movie because it was pg-13 well yeah exactly it's something
1: you could bring the kids to whereas amityville yeah not appropriate for kids
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're not bringing the kids to that but not, that, but not that much different. Amityville right. isn't that much more extreme mm-hmm. than Poltergeist, but it's just cut in the right ways. And, you know, maybe things have changed in two or three years. Not sure. And uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I knew like a bunch of kids that had seen this one, and I was still a Frady cat when I was younger. I would dip my toe into horror movies and always just have nightmares. Mm-hmm. Which spawned this problem of me loving them so much. <laughs> exactly. Um, I I always loved to be scared, but I did get scared, mm-hmm. and so I always avoided Poltergeist just because so many kids I knew were seeing it, and to kids it's probably the scariest thing ever. Uh, it's it's kids focused. But I never saw it as a kid, and I wish I had. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see it until I was uh, already in my twenties. Yeah, because I, I avoided that's the same it just me. because. Everybody I knew it, that saw it was like seven. Into a seven-year-old, it's, it's probably horrifying. So the way it was described to me was as the most terrifying thing ever. So it's like I subconsciously avoided it, forever, only to realize later, oh, it was because seven-year-olds were scared of it. <laughs> oh, I see. Sure. There's, it's such a weird... Um, I've seen it probably a couple times since. Mm-hmm. So this is probably my third or fourth when we got to see it. But first in the theater. And one thing that struck me this time, wondering if this was a shared thing. I'm curious. A lot of odd tones throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of weird stuff that hasn't held up
1: great. No, the movie, uh, actually, the funny thing, watching it uh, this last time, I felt like uh, I was watching a National Lampoon like vacation family type yeah. movie for a while. It's very much uh, just like a wholesome comedy at the beginning. Sure. And uh, it's, it's a family, idyllic kind of family, teenage daughter, uh, who uh, then gets hit on by the, the local construction yeah, what a uh, weird, like, landscape crew or whatever what they're a doing. What a weird
0: vibe in this movie to this teenage high school daughter yeah. who gets straight ogled and catcalled by a crew, what, putting in their swimming pool? Something like that. But it plays like a Lampoon
1: movie. Yeah. Like she gives him the finger or she gives him the uh. And up, they're all like, oh, oh, whoa, out of sight. And, uh <laughs> <laughs> so weird. But
0: before that, they were saying like weird, dirty things. Yeah, yeah. They were just like weird, like they're not vulgar sex jokes because they have to be PG-13. But they're almost made like grosser because they have to keep them clean. Yeah. And so it's this like fat dude just being like, hey i wish my face was her bike seats, <laughs> and you're just like ew oh, that's what the what f- dude that's yeah worse than wow. r that's gross but it's played for laughs but it's, it's yeah so it's just like oh it's like 48 year old like, dude because the mom's like joe beth who wrote Williams that one Spielberg? is like looking out the kitchen window watching these guys like mouth f that her daughter <laughs> yeah, and she's just, just kind of does her like eye roll like ugh. Right. Boys will be boys. And one of them's
1: like stealing coffee out of the kitchen and like, hey, you got great coffee, Mrs. H, or whatever you're like. Yeah, like, like you know. they
0: have this weird relationship with their construction workers, so they can just like take food and also sexually harass their high school daughter. But like as if they're like the three stooges, though. Yeah. Right. And it felt like the wacky
1: neighbors. Then there's a whole comedy. Comedy? Yeah, there's a whole comedy routine based around a dead animal. And, uh, burying yeah. the bird and can i get a
0: goldfish and everyone laughs and yeah i kept expecting like such a, uh such an odd start to a horror movie i kept expecting rick dukeman to walk in and start eating every single item of food in their or like fridge. Walk in, and there's like all of a sudden a studio
1: audience applauding yeah it totally <laughs> <his> <laughs> it was
0: feeling like a lot of kitchen scenes in the burbs yeah sometimes totally and you
1: have you have Craig T. Nelson yeah, playing kind of like the Chevy Chase like
0: Craig T. Nelson is a total Chevy Chase in character. this movie yeah totally <laughs> yeah uh, no, he's what's like, her
1: name plays kind of like the Beverly D'Angelo wife yeah uh, Joe Beth Williams
0: is great jo in this Joe Beth Williams great in this Lover movie Lover in, in this one but we get like this long scene of Craig T and Joe Beth just like smoking grass in their bedroom while their yeah. kids are like, kids are still awake in the house. They live in the suburbs. They live in a new development that was built right. on an ancient Indian burial ground. <laughs> and uh, You moved the
1: headstones. <laughs> you didn't move the bodies.
0: Spoiler alert. You didn't tell me that I was living on an Indian burial ground. Well, if you did, I sure don't remember hearing that he says he brought it up five or six times i don't know <laughs> so this whole movie is but, is like we get the scene of this like suburban life yep. new subdivision craig t nelson's kind of like a he's got like a cool he's like a bad bod dad oh, he's yeah. like skin, oh, he's got a good dad skinny dad bod Big skinny time. fat bod time. like he's not a fat dad
1: but he's just no, like you He's know. able to carry
0: the kid on his shoulders and, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. got like some dad strength, but he's got like just a skinny fat dad bod. <laughs> like some thin and uh, you know, parted hair. And uh, him and his wife are just smoking it out yeah. in the bedroom. Pretty cool, man. And it's all he's like, like rolling J's. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those like <laughs> it's one of those movie high scenes by just people like, that, yeah. that like have heard about people getting high. Right. <laughs> Kinda. Of. I wonder
1: I wonder if in early eighties that was like a like a oh, this suburban couple smoking marijuana? Yeah. Like I don't know man. Different world back then, but maybe not, yeah, I don't maybe realize, not so I don't really not so different that after feel, all.
0: That feels like um like every person I know. Now, yeah. so I, I I want to know how uh, counterculture that my was. My wife would never let me roll joints in the bedroom. <laughs> roll
1: J's in the bedroom. Me? That is not happening in the Swanson household.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> I've ever brought my out reality. The, I don't think I brought out the papers in bed. <laughs> never been there. Yeah. yeah, they're like tucked into bed. She's reading a book. He's just kicking his feet up, roll, like a, rolling yeah. some dubs. Once
1: upon a time in Hollywood, where she's just smoking the roach, uh, reading in the in the bed at the end. Anyways it so, is.
0: Yeah. it's got that vibe. But, but I love these pair. It's such a long ass scene, and all the dialogue is just them just shooting the shooting the shit. Oh yeah, the most casual. It is such casual chat. Just yeah, just like, like they so might as well have been talking about the weather. Yeah. yeah, it was so ridiculous. Was like we get a lot of um. Get a lot of looks into the lives of these people. Get a deep dive into this yeah. family before they. Uh, you want to get to know them. I get it. Before the ghosts just kick the door the fuck <laughs> down and just take over the rest of the movie. <laughs> man, when this
1: when it when it hits in this movie, yeah, it hits. It is. Uh, it's crazy how yeah. this movie accelerates.
0: <laughs> one to a you know. This movie suddenly goes from an. An idyllic, like, pot-smoking, cool suburban family. Upper middle class, Mm -hmm, you think. mm -hmm. um, To just kids screaming bloody murder. (laughs) That they're going to get sucked into a closet ghost dimension. I mean, the opening
1: attack by these ghosts is to have a tree break through the window and basically try to eat the kid. Grab him out uh there's just uh
0: yeah i didn't remember that the tree swallowing this kid oh yeah i don't remember it's that man. Up, man i don't remember that at yeah, all
1: it, it reaches in and it's like grabbing him and yeah pulling it's like him evil up, dead kind of stuff that that little boy is just screaming his head off oh man the little girl screaming she's already seen the the you've had a little hints that there were Something wrong, but it's all yeah, yeah, yeah. like the static and the little girls talking to the static on the TV as if there's someone there and stuff. What but a, yeah, this first what a
0: wonderful hit. little little kid performance from Heather O'Rourke. I was surprised Crazy. how low build she was in the opening credits. Remember well, I leaned yeah, over at one point? the credits were weird. The credits didn't have Zelda Rubinstein. Right. And Heather O'Rourke was like 18th build. It's Beth weird Williams because she was the first so much... Build.
1: But you know she's off screen for most of this movie. Yeah, but and she but wasn't the focus of this poltergeist. She wasn't is her. the uh, you know uh, it's Zelda. That that's yeah that's strange. But you, I I would just assume that she wasn't Zelda Rubenstein before this before movie. It's like, yeah this movie made this her movie that made her iconic, Zelda iconic character. Sure. Yeah, that's so, true. And she's really in one scene basically. But yeah, it was, it was strange seeing all that and seeing like. But Heather work <laughs> like, she I I she's like. uh cuter than Drew Barrymore. She's like... I know. She's, she's had like to be like, three, what,
0: four years old? Three years old? She seems she's like... She's so tiny. So young. I forgot how young she was in this first one. I think I've weirdly seen the sequels more recently. And one of them's a bummer because mm-hmm. she's literally dying. Right. I can't believe they She's the, one that. of the sad stories of Yeah, that's of tragic. And so I've seen those others where she's more like 8 and 11. Mm-hmm. So she was... I'd forgotten just how tiny she was. What a crazy young kid actress. Born in 75 so she was 6. Jeez. Maybe. Yeah. She looks so tiny. But really natural and um mm-hmm. Yeah, really That added to it. Really she, great. A really great horror role for a child. How can she even understand what uh That has to be the talent of the director to actually sculpt a child who doesn't totally understand a situation oh yeah and make it like a big usable scene uh, well
1: because things were so intense i mean we're talking about an actual you know practical effect of a tree crashing through a, a wall <laughs> yeah. here you know i'm sure some of that was had to be intense
0: did you uh, were you a kid that was scared of your bedroom mm. when you were a kid at any point Scared of my bedroom? You know that you know, like I lying mean, in the dark, monster in the closet, kind of thing. I don't was really that remember your, uh... any fear of
1: things in the closet. I always had more of a uh, intruder fear. Mm. Being okay. a kid for whatever reason, like I watched, I was it was like one of those where I remember watching like unsolved mysteries. Okay, and then being like scarred from a particular <laughs> episode, you know, about someone in the house. Yeah, they
0: broke into this family that describes so, your family. To yeah, a it's like. And... I,
1: yeah the the monster in the clouds of stuff I don't think was ever really sure uh,
0: my bag, but uh yeah, I was bothered by the TV movie it this has come mm. up before on the podcast yeah. but uh yeah when i I saw that when I was probably nine and we lived in a we had a pretty big house, but it was out in the middle of uh out in the country right so no street lights when it gets dark out, it's a dark area around my house. So it's this pretty big place. My parents would leave me home alone when I was, you know, about 10 years old. Sure. And just the thought of like a freaking clown walking around like the hallway of my house, you know, oh, that scared me. I mean, I, you know, I always So I was scared I, of that stuff, but I wasn't yeah. like a monster in the closet kind of scared of the dark. Yeah, kid. yeah.
1: I I mean, I grew up in apartments too. So I was ne- mm. there was never like some old house in the out in the dark, middle of nowhere. Right. I'm sure if I grew up and there's no lights around, no and basements out here, and yeah, in the, yeah, uh, in the I'm West sure Coast, that would have been a different story. So, so yeah, we never <laughs> had the basement
0: fears. So, this kind of thing, like I don't know, it wasn't. Uh, these kids are in a scary situation with their scary bedrooms, and it plays as universal. But I personally didn't have that, mm-hmm. and some of this stuff feels so like Bernstein bears. You know, like, oh, the tree that's making a face, a spooky face outside my window. And then five minutes later, that tree's like swallowing your whole body inside of its (laughs) trunk. Well, also,
1: uh, there's nothing more unbelievable to me than that clown. Like, no parent would buy that clown for a child. That just... Right? If that that clown was in a movie today, that would be so disturbing. Yeah. That I I just don't see that ever coming home with me. To, yeah. to give to my dog, let alone my human child. <laughs> you don't want child. that in your house. No. It's, so, uh, yeah. I, I applaud the kid for yeah trying to throw the blanket wanna, over it and get rid of it. You
0: want a story that it's going to make me sound cooler than I really am. Okay. But it kind of is one of those like an early on kid noticing that something's just BS. All right. So I went to, I was probably six or 7 Gotta lean back for this one. Yeah, check this out. This is a couple minutes right here with no movie (laughs) affiliation whatsoever. This is a side sojourn from the pod. So I went to my friend Julie's birthday party. It was Mm. up in Healdsburg. My Aunt Frances had this beautiful home out near the river. It was a clown themed party. Oh, Jesus. Everything was clowns. And all the kids clown bread. Clown cake. Everything was clown related. It was awful. I was like six or seven. And all the kids were given clown costumes. And put into like clown makeup and all that stuff. And I was the only kid that outright refused (laughs) to participate. There was nobody getting me in a clown suit. I thought I was coming to a birthday party. That's I didn't know I had man. to perform. Maybe, I, maybe I'm all mixed
1: up on this uh, clown realism. Uh, no, dude. Clowns were a
0: thing. You, I think you missed it. I think you're, you're like th- two or three years younger than me. And I think you yeah. missed the last cultural moment where clown stuff was acceptable as a thing was for kids. <laughs> yeah. I don't know or what it? hit. And at some time, people were like, yeah, it was, I think, the nail. And they were just like, you know what? Yeah. This is dumb. <laughs> they are creepy. This is dumb, guys. I don't like they this They shouldn't anymore. be a part of our culture. We sure. shouldn't accept them as far in as we have.
1: But a whole generation that grows up on Bozo thinks, yeah. thinks nothing of the clown, apparently.
0: Clown, clown stock has fallen hard. <laughs> and yeah, so there was I already six-year-old me. That was like the first instance of me figuring out the world is not always telling you good advice. Don't make good me dress like a clown, no. You know, nobody's dressing up like a clown on a Sunday afternoon party. Nuh-uh. No. So there's no way some parent would be like, yeah, you can put this right two feet from the foot of your bed. Yeah, we're, we're
1: going to have the clown face you He's while you gonna sleep. He's just going to stare at you. We're not going to put it in the closet or
0: anything, yeah. No. It was stuffed animals <laughs> not a thing in these other households? Right, stuffed animals are so comforting and sweet looking. It's like, no, we're gonna give you this nightmare clown. Well, and, and also post it's like him up here. I'm
1: sure it's a copyright thing, but um, you know they would have had like a Snoopy doll or some kind of yeah. you know uh, character that the kid would have known from something, not just random clown. Yeah. From so <laughs> from I the so like I
0: said, I have that clown birthday experience, but I did not know kids that had like, well, here's the clown room of our house. <laughs> I sleep here. It's primarily the clown room, but it's also my room. It's also my room, and the the bed is a clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sheets are and clowns. And at night, I hear the clowns. Like, I didn't have a friend that was that inundated with clown stuff. Okay. Though Sean claims that he had, like, clown wallpaper and stuff. Mm. So, I don't know. Did you go to the circus as a kid? I don't think so. No? Nah. We went, to the, we went a couple times. County and we fair. stayed at. Circus I was a county circus fair kid. Reno. I was a county fair kid. Okay, so you didn't have a hard clown. I series. stayed at
1: the Circus Circus as an adult at Reno. <laughs> All right. That was a mistake, and it was terrifying. That was a mistake. <laughs> it was you the want worst. to see some disturbing artwork on your hotel room wall? You go to Circus Circus in Reno, and this stuff was like, uh, it was like clowns during the Seventh Seal like era <laughs> <who> <laughs> on just, the hillside, like, chained up, yeah, like parading through in a, town a storm on their way to their death or something.
0: It was dark. It was bleak. (laughs) (laughs) So the dogs playing poker, you got the clowns playing chess with death painting. pretty much. Jesus. Circus, circus. I'm going to the Silver Legacy next time. Sad clowns. Staying at the (laughs) Peppermill. So yeah, so Poltergeist has this kind of legendary aura just because it was such a high-grossing film, and it did get acclaim for its uh, special effects, Mm -hmm. and kind of, you know really bring in that next generation of mainstream horror. Right. You know, we we'd hit the slashers by that point. And those were huge business, but as we said, Poltergeist, PG-13. Mhm. This is a family or horror it, film. It's actually
1: only PG because this is Oh, this was is this is before pre, uh, Indiana Jones last uh, or what's it Temple of Doom Temple that of Doom basically caused cause- PG thirteen. So this yeah. is PG still. Another huh? Spielberg
0: joint. Yeah. Jeez. It's, te- it's technically PG. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's some thematic stuff for PG. I would have been scared if I saw this as a kid. Oh yeah. I think I'd I think I'd have fonder thoughts of it had I, mean, I seen it. Parental guidance is
1: suggested. Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I was into it for the moments that I was into it, and then they kept smacking me with this kind of weird tone mm. throughout it. And I think I didn't like the Spielbergisms right of it. Like, that, so we get introduced, once these ghost situations start happening, they ramp up quick. And I do kind of like the close encounters elements of it, where once the mom recognizes that her daughter is actually seeing ghosts, Mm -hmm. that the mom fully embraces it, and she's, like, entertained by it.
1: Oh yeah, there's a cool sequence where they kind of discover that that energy in the kitchen, right? Yeah. And they're scooting around and the chairs are stacking themselves. Yeah. They're kind of amused by it.
0: Yeah, it's like and a even... it's like a fascinating thing to them. Right. It's like we're uh you know, we're seeing history kind of thing. Right. Um and I like how that's handled. I like that mood. I like that wonder mm-hmm. that the movie has. And I guess some of it kind of loses me once they do go to the effects, no matter how good the effects are, because what loses me is the weirdest assemblage of a m- movie team in this group of <laughs> paraphysicists. Oh, yeah. The whole team, I thought, were terrible. <laughs> I hated all oh, the stuff. You do like with the these, ghost hunters? The ghost hunters get involved and just dominate this movie. Because yeah. up till that point, we had seen this family, we had seen the husband and wife as the thirty-eight-year-old pot-smoking suburban couple, and I like seeing that. Uh-huh. I like myself represented on film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I am into yeah. this. I'm like, yeah, Craig T. Nelson. This is this is
1: the kind of guy I'd be. Right. As and so, and, right. So when they get attacked and. A, Heather O'Rourke uh, gets sucked into this nether realm where you can hear her, but you can't see her. I want to see Craig T. Nelson as the dad come to the rescue, figure out the solution. Yeah, but you want the, it. You want it Interstellar. But but then he his yeah. But his <laughs> exactly. You want Interstellar
0: without Murph. Just
1: get rid of Murph.
0: You don't need to see, hear McConaughey yell Murph like forty times.
1: I just, I can't, I don't understand You wanted Craig T. how Nelson. no one on set at any point was like, he's saying Murph a lot.
0: Should we cut I know he's down calling out Murph? his
1: daughter's name and trying to get her attention, but the more I hear named, the name
0: Murph, the less I like the name you Murph. you the
1: character Murphy after Murphy's Law, did you intend to have him say the the, the sound Murph over and over again? It's just the sound. It's not even the fact that it's a word. It's just <laughs> the, the sound. sound. It's murph. more of
0: a sound. Murph! 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 murph. Oh, murph. it's so bad. <laughs> oh, Interstellar just But I murphs. wanted Nelson to be doing that. You wanted Nelson to be calling for murph. And then
1: by the time we kind of jump ahead in time, he's like depressed. He hasn't slept. Yeah. He's like a shell of a man. And he goes to these ghost hunters uh, people to, to get help. And they're more clueless than he is. Yeah, these ghost it's hunters bizarre... really, really futz up the plot here yeah, for it's me. A, it's a bizarre, like, 20 minutes of them having no clue what the fuck they're, they're doing. They're really
0: just a giant wrench <laughs> right in the middle of this movie. And by the end of this movie, this movie's, like, about two hours long. Yeah, And to me, it feels like a long two hours. By the end, I'm just like, Jesus, Polterge-. like Poltergeist goes to Mordor and back. Like, it is so long. And then you get this just a burning waste of time with these paraphysicists who don't know a thing that they're doing. And then the worst part for me is, <laughs> yeah. so they bring him into the, <laughs> yeah. Exactly you already heard reason. me. I was flipping I out in the this movie. Uh,
1: yeah, no. But yeah, because he brings them to the house. And, and they show
0: him all this phenomena. And well, before right. they saw anything that was happening. So I do love the jump ahead yeah. in Poltergeist. I like that we see this, the kitchen chair moving. And even Heather O'Rourke. Remember they put her in little sure, sure. Indian-style position with, and she with scoots the across on the it. floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great scene. That's a, that's a great movie scene. And in our time away from their house, things have advanced. And so they're showing these paraphysicists around. And one of the guys is talking about how he saw an object move across seven feet across the floor of a room over a span of seven hours, right? You know, and it's the craziest thing he's ever seen. He's bragging about it like, Get
1: I've seen this.
0: I've seen some shit in exactly. my day, yeah. Mister. Don't worry, you've seen it all. You can't surprise this old dog anymore. <laughs> exactly. That's the attitude. I've been
1: around. Like, don't worry, we're we're professionals. Yeah, I once saw a thing scoot you couldn't see it with a naked eye. You oh. couldn't. It was so slow. You couldn't notice it if you were staring at it. <laughs> yeah. But the camera, you speed it up, you see it. Yeah. So I know what I'm talking about. He
0: actually about. said that. It that's he directly that. from the movie. He's like, I know you're it's gonna. It's in s- the movie. I know you're gonna <laughs> say that that's bullshit. But uh, let me tell you, when you exactly. speed it up on film, it looks quite it disturbing. Definitely moves. Yeah. And so already this guy is overconfident in his approach. So we get the great yeah. movie shot of them opening the bedroom window, which is just a swirling mess of furniture and uh it's a tornado of shit in, in <laughs> yeah. that room just uh clocks are
1: ticking record players are playing yeah it's through the looking glass is right oh on it's the, fully on the yeah threshold it's of this room full on alice in wonderland and craig d nelson has this great like he opens the door and just kind of waves his hand towards it and doesn't even look at it just kind of walks yeah, off and like, like well there it is. is there 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 this is it's and been... they all obviously their jaw drops to the floor because they're actually seen paranormal activity.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so, the, so then the reason I can't stand right. a single one of these idiots is after they just got done describing that the only passion in life they have <laughs> is the exactly. paraphysical world and that the most wild thing they've ever seen in their lives is an object moving unseen to the naked eye across the floor of a room They spend the next half hour of the movie doubting every single thing that they've seen. Every single thing is now like... They've now become the skeptics of the movie. Like, they just get inserted into the movie to just be like, This is fake. This is a Scooby-Doo thing. Sure,
1: I mean, they're looking for it to be fake, but even more so...
0: They're like bored. They're so bored. They're immediately bored. The first night of surveillance, after the guy's just seen the most powerful evidence of the ghost phenomenon in history. Right. Career one of the affirming, guys affirming life affirming evidence yeah, of, of something this, beyond this plane of existence. They already talked swirling They've done around this in for a bedroom. Years. They've devoted lives to this. And six hours later. One of the guys making doodles on a notepad, exactly. not even watching the video screens they set up. And the other guy's making a fucking Dagwood submarine sandwich <laughs> in the, the kitchen. Fridge. He's, he's raiding the, the fridge because he's so fucking bored with the ghosts. The first human evidence of actual ghosts. And one guy's making a giant sandwich, and the other guy's drawing, like, big dick cartoon drawings He's not even drawing, like,
1: sketches of the thing he just saw. Like, (laughs) I could even see him being like, I gotta at least draw what I saw. He's making that one, like, angular S
0: that everybody (laughs) drew in high school. You're like, man, pretty dumb around this place. Oh, I only just saw the biggest validation of my lone Isolating hobby yeah. in the history of the world. And at that point I was just like, man, poltergeist is fucking dumb. <laughs> this movie's dumb. Those guys are not the best. That's true. We um, waste so much time on these idiots. You we have the longest conversation in recorded film history <laughs> between Joe Beth Williams and this woman paraphysicist. Where they're like lustily throwing back shots of whiskey
1: <laughs>
0: like they're going through the shit. But it's the middle of the night, right? So they're yeah. like whispering and like they don't want to
1: wake anyone else. They whisper
0: up. for like ten minutes. Yeah. It's like nobody's so sleeping. Long.
1: Just 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 talk. Yeah, everybody's else awake. Is awake. <laughs> it's just dark.
0: <laughs> you don't have to whisper. You're playing by somebody else's rule here. <laughs> nobody's saying you have to do this. So we just get this uptight whisper conversation by this one, this this paraphysicist woman character. Up to this point in the movie has been just a total wrench. Mm. A total crowbar in the movie. She's such a doubter. She's such like, she makes weird judgmental comments. And it's just like, who invited this woman? Who needs this? She's not helping. Right. She's just trying to say everything we're doing is being faked. Jewelry just fell through our ceiling. And she's still calling us the, the crazies. Exactly. And now we're just sharing a drink with her and just like talking about the old times. Mm-hmm. I hate that kind of layout to this movie. I know he was trying to craft the big valleys and peaks, but these valleys were deep and they were wide Right. in Poltergeist, man. We went through some length in these scenes. We do get other great stuff. We get, we get great- good peaks, though. Good, we peaks. Do get good peaks, and we right. get good a couple good appearances. Uh, one, uh, let me just say, the Jerry Goldsmith score, great score. Oh yeah, great horror score. Go. Um, for as much as some of the stuff didn't hit me as hard in the movie, uh, visually or emotionally, the score was a powerful, unique score mm. for its time. This is one I really like. I listen to this one a bunch. Nice. So excited to hear the score on the big screen. Yeah, like we did in that big. S- stereo surround sounded amazing love that and I also love uh, our little James Karen appearance oh yeah as the big boss he's the boss he's a good big boss the real estate uh, head mm-hmm. honcho guy great yeah. guy to have as the big boss mm-hmm. in a movie like this that that adds to a genre movie for me he was
1: uh, what's the big one he was in uh, in the 80s uh, was, well, it re- was it Return of the Living Dead or something like that
0: uh, yeah and I really love him in uh in Mulholland Drive. And oh, sure, uh, sure. you know, he's he's just a guy that shows up in that kind of cool stuff as that kind of guy. Oh, well how
1: about that one scene with Dirk Blocker?
0: <laughs> Dude,
1: remember Dirk Blocker riding his bike with all the beers? Yeah. And then the beer spillover? This oh, is man. such a Great. this
0: movie is such a weird that's why I said so many of these scenes feel like I mean was that a burb scene or was that a burb scene? Exactly. Oh, that whole scene. That whole scene was yeah. straight out of the burbs. Yeah. It was so weird. Or any yeah, Dirk any, Blocker, any Griswold who, family comedy. Dirk Blocker is get. so great. Yeah. I know he's Is he your favorite? No, he's he can't be your favorite in uh What's the John what? Carpenter one? Oh, uh Prince of Dark Prince of Darkness, sure. cuz you love Peter Jason with the mouth trumpet. Peter Jason Trumps, yeah. The mouth trumpet Dirk of Blocker. Peter Jason, but Dirk Blocker's good in Prince of Darkness. And then his character on Brooklyn 99. Oh yeah. should not have the legs that it does. But Scully and uh uh what? Hitchcock. Hitchcock yeah. Oh, they're so good. They're they're the best. And so the yeah, Hitchcock best. role is so good. And yeah, Dirk Blocker is like Chris Elliott in the intro to <laughs> to get a life, just on his bike with like a bunch of beers and what the beers are getting shaken up and they're going off and he's it's just the, the kids
1: are like have had the RC uh, remote control car under him and like trip him up yeah and he runs into the house with the beers uh, spraying everywhere. they run
0: in and all the guys are the na- we get a great living room collection of the neighborhood guys the guys yeah it totally it the reminds boys. me of like uh, everybody coming over in the Simpsons totally. to watch the big fight when they're oh, yeah. stealing cable. You get the neighborhood guys. Oh yeah, there's
1: they're yeah, they're, they're watching the big game and the yeah, the one guy's like, I bet my life on this game
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Just neighborhood degenerate alcoholic gambling addicted neighbors with L-ing bad TV, tinted man. sunglasses and comb overs, just wearing tight plaid shirts over bad bodies. And Dirk <laughs> Blocker runs in with a twelve pack of beer with every can spraying a hole in it, just so he's just beer fountains everywhere and then Everybody's just too excited because there's a touchdown. It's just like, they don't actually know any Americans, do they? Yeah. In this movie. Pretty funny. This such a weird, it's so the burbs. Yeah. Except so many people take this movie very seriously. Well, I think probably because once
1: you get into the the serious ghost stuff, then you get that Zelda Rubenstein (laughs) performance. And then she really is what makes, I mean, that's what people remember. Yeah, is is this little tiny woman with a southern accent walking they, around? That really is cleansing like in the house.
0: Uh, I love Zelda Rubinstein as kind of the woman that was too like on the nose for David Lynch. Yeah, right. <laughs> like he sees her and it's just like, mm, no. People people would expect this.
1: Well, I mean, maybe maybe yeah. He saw this. He he probably would be like, I can't do anything. Else with that, that's it right there. Yeah. yeah. What else are you gonna do with that, that actress? But
0: there's a there's a Zelda Rubenstein movie that you've been pushing to watch. Oh yeah. I think you voted for it several times, pretty high up. Called Anguish. The with name's her, familiar. With yeah. her and uh, Michael Lerner. Uh huh. Like a movie within a movie kind of thing from the late '80s. I've never seen it, but I think I might. After seeing Zelda Rubenstein on the big screen, I might have to push for anguish more. But yeah, she's this David Lynch character come to life who became kind of she's she's almost like the level of fame that somebody that appears on '80s daytime game shows has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she's, right? Yeah, she's kind of known as herself almost. Uh uh-huh. I mean, she's I, famous as Zelda Rubenstein, and right. here she is on. This episode of Password with Jamie Farr. Exactly. <laughs> or Bowser from sha na <laughs> She probably did a lot of that. Yeah, exactly. That feels like with the level of cultural significance of Zelda Rubenstein. And I like that the 80s had room for that level of person. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, here's Waylon Flowers and Madam. Oh, that's a thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Weird, 80s. You gave us Jim J. Bullock and Zelda Rubenstein. Yep. And oh, Zelda Rubinstein has this funny Zelda Rubinstein performance in this movie called Teen Witch. Mm. It's kind of a beloved movie in our household. <laughs> uh, it's this 90s teen high school pre-Sabrina the Teenage Witch, say, witch okay. comedy mm-hmm. about this girl that gets witch powers. And it's got a lot of bad vibes from the 80s and early 90s but they kind of age grossly and awesomely. Mm. And Zelda Rubenstein's like the old witch guiding her. So she she filled That's those cool. kind of roles. She yeah. showed up in like kids stuff. Right. Because she has such a unique little personality.
1: But She's, Polterge- the, she's the big guns in this movie. Yeah. She's and Poltergeist just had
0: so many, I don't know, the tonal shifts were so odd. He took us on too many weird left turns. With these with these no nothing paraphysicists, and then we get a weird dip into Cronenberg. That's what me that's what reminded me of Prince of Darkness. Mm-hmm. was the guy just making himself a big old 32 ounce T-bone steak in the middle of the night like he's Fred Flintstone? <laughs> yeah just bored out of his skull with the only biggest thing that's ever happened in his field of interest. And then his face starts dripping off. That's pretty gross. I can't believe that's PG. Totally. Guy's fleshy jaws like, hanging from his starts face. Pulling and, sweep, starts pulling the skin off
1: of his face and kind of this, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, felt very Cronenberg.
1: Absolutely. To me. A uh, little Evil Dead In a feeling. good way.
0: In a good yeah. way. I mean, it was a cool vibe for the movie to go in, and it was so unexpected because I knew we were getting pg-13 yeah yeah or pg right right i guess well and i feel like the movie
1: had so many of those moments where there was the steven spielberg shot and you'd have the kind of there was like the the light twinkling down the stairs or whatever but then you would follow that right up with some kind of heinous kind of scene like that or, or you know the scene where the mom tries to open the bedroom door and it's just like ah, oh, this wall of noise, like, freaks yeah. her out. And just, like, there was all these moments that were, like, where you could see Toby Hooper maybe kind of trying to push this Spielberg story a little darker, a little deeper. Yeah,
0: there's a darker story here, and I hate to be the person who wants it, like, meaner or, yeah, yeah. or darker, but I think, like, there's... I think he tried to get too touching in spots, and it felt a little jammed in. Mm-hmm. And it felt like he was going for that Spielberg magic. Exactly, and I think I hate that same thing about his con- contribution to the Twilight Zone movie, is he gets yeah. overly sentimental on his part. His is the old people. It is right, yeah, yeah. and it's a little just like, geez, this is grinding everything to mm-hmm. a to a damn halt. And yeah, it, it's
1: a great segment of watching kids play for like ten minutes. Thank you. That's <laughs> yeah. what I want in my Twilight uh, Zone the, uh, movie. The mysteries of life. Uh, remember when we could just play like stickball? Yeah, that's yeah. It's that's just the, the most uh, base I'm nostalgic
0: impulse. Yeah, and it felt like this movie kept going for that. Like, hey, remember what knocked it out of the park in Jaws? Mm-hmm. Let me do this. So then we get these women comparing their war wounds, except it's this weird <laughs> dynamic <laughs> yeah. because they hadn't really established that same dynamic because they've just been being catty to each other for. The whole film—I mm-hmm. don't know—hits so many weird tones. But then some of the scares were really cool. Some of the effects were really cool. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's good movie lurking in there, and I can one hundred percent see why it's so revered. And some people do view it as a classic. Mm-hmm. But I think it—I think it really depends on your age when you saw it. I think
1: so. I—I I, you know—I I know this is like Neil's favorite. So I'm sure he was. Yeah, right. I have no, a hard time pinning Neil down. Of, of, I mean, he was the longer like we know, 13 when it came. So I mean, yeah, it was probably right. The
0: longer I him. know Neil, the lo- the farther apart we are. <laughs> our, yeah. our very favorite. Uh, right. He dissed "Tourist Trap" the other night. <sighs> yeah, that's serious. Come on, man. He's also Trying sat through friends? "Jungle yeah. Trap" because of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you he know, he's kind of gotten the worst of it. Whenever he comes feels over to watch like, a movie, feels like the reaction of when you find out the guy knows Randy. <laughs> and you're just like yeah, I get, it. I get it. He sat through jungle trap. But so this was his favorite. He's, I do well, I don't remember
1: that. Well, when he was introducing it, I, he was made it sound like it's his one of his one of his favorites. Wow. He was wearing a, a poltergeist shirt. I think I want to say yeah. Anyways, so I, but I you.
0: see why it's uh, beloved. I can see why it has would have such fond memories for people. But I bet a lot of those people were were kids. A lot of those people it. were kids. I think it's the same fondness that I have for It. It's the same fondness. I think it's similar, more similar to the It TV miniseries mm. than other people would like to admit. But I think it's that same thing where it's something that was so scary to me as a kid that even though I know is not scary at all now, yeah. I appreciate it for what it is and what it's meant to my horror history. I think Poltergeist has that same vibe for a lot of people. I almost wonder if there's an ironic to it with the, with the zelda I wasn't, stuff i wasn't getting that sense i didn't get people were we like it joke it with, but yeah
1: i think in the there was a time and then maybe in the 90s or, or 2000s where there was a bit of a isn't zelda Rubinstein kind
0: of a funny little person character i don't yeah. know maybe well, that's i just mean my, uh, that's what she got work as yeah from that's, true. Pol- that's, that's true. what that's the career poltergeist gave her yeah but um, no, I've never really got that vibe in Poltergeist. I guess some stuff, there's a lot of lore around the movie that I find a little uh, dubious. Sure. Like, didn't they say something about some of those skeletons that they found in the big pool scene at the end were just found That on the set? Uh, what I had heard is that they got them shipped,
1: they're real skeletons from like India or something. Because it would be easier to ship them from another country in rather than fabricate a fake Which skeleton. That, Already, this like is like we don't have weird. skeletons uh, on the lot somewhere. We got rocks around here that uh, I got rocks at home that need cleaning. But uh, I love that ending. Uh, the 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 whole kind of when they think they're safe and they yeah. think it's over. See, it felt like, and then and then it just kind of just has that big like bam bam bam, bam ending again. And you know, for me, I I I uh, I kind of like that the movie just goes full gas. See, I think it where it,
0: I think where the full gas left me left me less into it were at the point where it decides to just full on become the Amityville Horror, mm-hmm. right down to the big stormy finale, the huge pouring rain scene, you know? That's it's true. all it's yeah. always pouring rain. There's so many shots that looked like dead on rips from Amityville Horror. Mm. And I had this I always thought Amityville Horror uh, it landed a little less with me until I saw it in the theater a couple years ago, and I was like, God damn, I love the Amityville Horror. This movie's so crazy, and, and James Brolin's so weird, and it just hit harder than it ever had before. And this time, I was just like, man, I wish they'd show Amityville Horror again. Right. When I was seeing all this chaos start to unfold. It just felt like Amityville Horror. The teen girl... Was suddenly just screaming constantly. That, that's great. She shows up out of nowhere. The house is starting
1: to implode, and yeah. lights are going off, and she just screams, "What is happening? <laughs> yeah.
0: What is happening?" She's just losing the funniest, it. It's
1: like, yeah, just uh, it was great. There's so much. Like, I'm right there with you, girl. I'd like to know too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I saw the parody of all these tropes, like. On the Simpsons episode. Well, exactly. You know, I think it's because I was so familiar with that side of the lore. Right. That the stuff never hit as hard with me. Right. You know, the stuff that the The house house choosing to implode because rather than living with the Simpsons. What choice do I have? Yeah.
1: Though in the screen, I do
0: love the visual of the house imploding. Uh, It's a great visual. That's wild. It's a great effect. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how they did that. They did, and you know what? Had I seen this when it was more of the era, the ghost stuff in the movie would have scared the pants off me.
1: Well, the stuff you see at the end there, yeah, where it's just these real demonic looking, there's like the thing that kind of is at the door with the big yeah, hooves kind of legs, and oh, yeah. whatever's coming out of the closet, that's just... It's like, cool. It's like a... It, it turns this into is... the, see, okay, also though...
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh, I know where
1: I know it. A poltergeist, <laughs> yeah, is not a path uh, like a, a portal to hell <laughs> that it opens up and demons come out of it and kidnap your child. That's not, <laughs> yeah. The title of the movie, I mean, poltergeist, I think, is the title of the movie only because it sounds cool. It's mm-hmm. a cool-sounding word for ghost or haunted house, you know. Yeah, thing. but yeah, I, I it is kind of funny when you're like. A, this wasn't a poltergeist at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Was it? <laughs> you know, it turns out not a lot of poltergeists in there. They, they, they go through the trouble of defining what a poltergeist is by these the, the hapless ghost hunters again. And then everything after that is not a, at all what they describe. Yeah. I love yeah.
0: it. Yeah. I hate those ghost hunters so much. They added <laughs> such a dumb 35 minutes to this movie. This movie could have been a tight 85. Just a family getting ripped apart by a freaking portal to hell that opened up in the because they lived right. on an Indian burial ground. Exactly, and instead we got these guys dicking around with their dumb glasses and sweaters, not believing anything that's happening anyway. Exactly, couldn't be less interested. You could have had the family
1: just hire Zelda Rubenstein. Cut out the middleman. Yeah. Like she could have just been the paranormal person you brought in. Yeah,
0: why wasn't she just brought in from the get go and yeah. the other people are just went... it's so it's taken so long to get to I know. Ugh I couldn't stand so much of this stuff. <laughs> Even the stuff that I loved. Weird vibes with the geist. Weird vibe weird vibes, Poltergeist. I think we gotta do I think we got I gotta double and triple down. I think you and I gotta carve out the time to watch two and three. And see if two and three hit harder than I'm down. Than one, I'm down.
1: Like, I got I got them all on laser laserdisc. I'll bring you got over. the discs of two oh. and three? Yeah, I do. Nice. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I know Nancy I Allen. Nancy
0: Allen's in three. Yeah, and it's uh, I want to say uh, Is Zelda Rubenstein and Heather O'Rourke. The continuing thread through all three of them. I believe so. Yeah, because I think the second one gets gets back more of the principal cast, right? Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you, but... I remember really liking the, thing the I was The one. thing
1: I was trying to think is, I think the third one is directed by the guy who uh, did Dead and Buried. Yeah, no, and, like, the
0: third one was Gary Sherman. He was in the cup,
1: wasn't he? Oh, yeah, the cup that's why we
0: watched uh, Dead and Buried. Yeah, yeah. So. And Poltergeist 3 al- came up as one Almost that, there, got, yeah, yeah. Uh, that got watched. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, no, that's why, that's why we were talking about Poltergeist 3 recently. <laughs> yeah, we watched Dead and Buried, which was our second third episode that oh, was yeah. an early one episode early one of the early ones go back and I, I've, I've heard people contact me with praise for our dead and buried episode Ooh. if you haven't seen dead and buried or listened to our episode go back and watch Dare, dead and buried this is a good one sounds like we just set our next task sounds like we're <laughs> gonna be watching some, poltergeist, some more poltergeist sequels maybe even the new one Nobody wants it, but it's gonna. Nobody <laughs> asked for it. I think. I think me coming out of this with my least favorable take on Poltergeist mm. kind of makes me want to revisit my other thoughts. You want to hit the other ones? Yeah. No, I feel you. Because I, uh, I, remember liking. This is a more
1: conflicted. Uh,
0: you know, I was ex- at a
1: movie than we usually. You know. Yeah, I was expecting get. to be
0: more into this one just because of how much the uh, theater experience. Mm-hmm. as i has added to other viewings for us i remember a year ago when you and i saw terminator oh yeah man i was like for whatever reason that night it was hitting hard and i was just so into that story more than i've ever been into it it's so now it's you know that it vaulted to one of my also top good 10 old classics. episode of ours yeah yeah oh yeah yeah we, we did, did do a, a full terminator to, yeah. get back on it um and so some of the, you know, watching it in a theater with a big crowd, my buddy, you know, like zoned in like, oh, it can have a huge effect on, on how much I love a movie. And it's wild that a movie like this just didn't get that boost hmm. from me. It still just wasn't hidden for me. I wanted it to. And it just didn't. It kept taking me out of it. Right. By, seem, by feeling like it was forcing another kind of
1: mood. I know what you mean. Well, it yeah, because it just has so much kind of stop and start to it. Yeah, it felt like yeah, it it wasn't a a smooth story. But so
0: I so I want to go back and and maybe and do they some, their lessons in the
1: sequels. Yeah, I, I want to go back and do a second, second and yeah.
0: third uh, episode because I want to I want to revisit now that we've just recently seen Poltergeist to see just how cool B movie direct to video vibe they go. Totally, I think that's a better route for this franchise. I'm optimistic. All right, I have good memories of two. I'm 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 optimistic that'll stay strong. Cool. So let's do that. So yeah, Poltergeist, man. You know, not a perfect
1: movie, but it's a
0: early place. I get I get why it's loved, and uh, and I know people who rank it super high. I mean, if you're a guy who's
1: or girl who's into horror, if you're a person who's into the horror genre, you this gotta be still a must see.
0: You gotta see it. Yeah, it's one that every horror fan has to see. But just. think i'm gonna like two more oh we'll see i'm I'm gonna do an honest side by side okay all right good and we'll come we'll reconvene on future episodes well it'll come to this once again it will i'm eric i'm charlie it's came to this it's came to
1: this thanks for joining us guys bye